Welcome to The Everyday Saint, where young Catholics inspire young Catholics as we're all grasping towards heaven while walking on earth as everyday saints. Thank you for listening. I'm your host, Eve Rosemary, and let's get started because there's so much goodness to share. Um, start, like, have you always received on the tongue and kneeling? Um, well, first of all, so I just want to say I'm dating Reagan. Oh, yeah. Reagan's my girlfriend. <laughs> um, <laughs> that, yeah, that'll clear up why she's asking about this. Um, uh, so no, I did not. Um, I didn't until I got here about halfway through my freshman year. Um, I had, however, received on my tongue, um, for the longest time. Um, I don't know. I guess rationale for me is it's not, it's in no means necessary. Um, the church obviously is said like you can receive on your hands you can receive on the tongue um and you shouldn't you also shouldn't receive on your knees on your tongue everywhere um like just this spring break i went back home and they had like a separate special line for like receiving on the tongue and there's just a lot of elderly people in the church and you know so i just received on my hands you know um but i guess my motivation for doing that is well, I, practically speaking, uh, I don't want to lose any particles of Jesus <laughs> um, mm-hmm. because every single particle is fully his body, blood, soul, and divinity, um, even if it's tiny. That's why it doesn't matter how much of the Eucharist you consume, you're still receiving the same Jesus. So even a tiny little speck is all of Jesus. Um, and I think the best way to protect against that is to receive on your tongue. Um Kneeling, I, one of my high school teachers, he always received kneeling. Um, he always used to say, uh, we can't receive Jesus anything like normal food. Or we, like, it's too easy if we receive Jesus like normal food to treat him like normal food. Um, because, I mean, what what does it look like? It looks like a little wafer. That's what it looks like. And so you're... To some people, that can really just reinforce the fact that, oh, or the thought that, oh, maybe it's just a little wafer. Um, so I think it really helped me gain a reverence for the Eucharist, um, being able to, like, kneel and receive, um, because it there's nothing else in my life that I kneel and eat, you know? Like, right. there's nothing else even close to that. Um, and at the beginning, it was definitely a... A challenge you definitely don't want to do it for like oh I'm cool oh right you know and I think you definitely should be wary of that um, but I think it really helps me with my reverence of the Eucharist and I would definitely recommend recommend maybe receiving on the tongue or on the knees if sometimes you struggle with really feeling that the Eucharist is God um, yeah I think one uh, one practical bit of advice. I was talking to someone over uh, winter break, and they they said they had never received on their tongue, and they were kind of scared too because they didn't know how. <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, "Look, I'm gonna be honest with you. I don't think anyone knows how, <laughs> because no matter how good you think you are at receiving on the tongue or how bad you think you are." Um, it's still going to go wrong at some point. <laughs> and I've had so many awkward experiences um, 
Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, on the bright side, Jesus still uh, showed up, so, yeah. <laughs> you know, it, it, was still still, there. it was still a good experience, even though, like I said, I've had so many awkward ones, and if you're scared to receive, because you're scared it's going to be awkward, people are going to be looking, like, just know that, it, <laughs> I mean, it's awkward for almost everyone. Yeah, and no one really cares that much either, like, how many no. people are going to watch, like, the communion line go down and then all of a sudden they see you receive on the tongue and like you know like they're not going to remember that once mass is over like, yeah yeah you'll be fine yeah um i remember and, oh go well, ahead i do on yeah i do know that there are a lot of churches that pretty much everyone receives on the hand though you know yeah and i i understand why that can be very hard especially if that's all you've ever known your entire life um but yeah oh, i was going that's how my um most of the parishes in my community like I don't know many people who receive on the tongue like I'm one of very few that I've at least noticed Um, I mean I go to a more reverent parish now which is better but I remember when quarantine was lifting and everyone was going back to mass over quarantine is where I started learning a lot more about receiving on the tongue and I was like talking to people who received on the tongue and I was like that's like a really good idea and um, like, the people I was talking to were very, very passionate about receiving on the tongue. We're like, it's the only way you can do it. And, like, yeah. you shouldn't receive on the hands at all, which, to each their own. But I think there there is a, um, there are times where, like, it's definitely fine to receive on the hands. Like, it's better to receive that way than not receive at all. Yeah. But there, I was in mass, like, it, this was actually, like, further out of quarantine. Where it was, like, accept, acceptable to receive on the tongue. Yeah. And so I went up to the priest and I was like, uh, you know, <laughs> ready to go. And he was like, no. And I was like, what? <laughs> Excuse me. And he was like, I can't do that. And I was like, okay. And I like walked away. So I didn't get to receive at all. And then I got back in the pew and I was like, what am I doing? Why didn't I just receive on the hands? So like, you know, I think it is better to receive on the tongue, especially because of like the particles, but if you can't receive on the tongue that day, like, it's okay to receive on the hands. Just, you know, be extra cautious um, in, like, the particles and yeah. getting that on, um, and not on the ground so we don't step on Jesus Yeah, I mean, like that. The church has also said that it's okay to receive yeah. on the hands. It's like, it's not like it's evil or bad. Um, my main suggestion is just you can shoot. I guess not you can shoot for higher, but... There are things that you can gain from receiving in different ways. <laughs> right, right. I yeah. know in my sacraments and liturgy class, one of the things Dr. Zia always said was, like, it's not about, like, what is right. It's just about what's most fitting. Yeah. And so, in my opinion, what's most fitting in the Eucharist is, like, receiving on the tongue because it's different than anything else you're going to do. Um, yeah. And I've, I've talked about that in other podcasts. It's not like eating pizza or chicken fingers like with your fingers like it's it's consuming jesus and reminding yourself that that's something completely different than anything else you're going to do yeah yeah no i agree thanks (laughs) (laughs) good yeah so you mentioned that you're a mechanical engineer yeah um how does your faith life and mechanical engineering overlap is there a way that they can overlap well 
Yes. I mean, <laughs> there's a way that God can overlap into everything right. in this world. I don't know. <laughs> but, um, yeah, so coming into college, I was kind of conflicted on what I would major in um, because I love literature. Um, I love <laughs> reading, all that kind of stuff. I also love theology. I love, <laughs> I love so many things. Yeah. Um, and um, I did for a while. So I I wanted to be an engineer because I was always very really, very good at math and science and I I loved it like I said, mm-hmm. um, but there was a time where I was thinking oh maybe I shouldn't because I can't like see God as fully, um, and I think I think that it is somewhat true. It is a little bit harder to see God in uh, different fields. Uh, the obvious example is if you're a theology major, you're probably seeking God. It's a lot easier to seek God uh, in your studies than it is if you're an engineer, uh, a dentist. I mean, like, right. <laughs> you know. Um, but I think one of the the big realizations for me was that, um, A, we need just good Catholic people everywhere. Um whether it's in the mechanical engineering field, in the doctor field, and whatever. Um, we need good Catholic people everywhere. Um, B, mechanical engineering is, uh, same with a lot of the STEM majors, it's a study of God's creation. And um, if one thing besides service has led me to God, it's been his creation. Um, I love hiking. I love seeing all these amazing things. Um, I love the stars at night and just being able to understand why they burn and why they move around our earth the way they do is just amazing to me and just slowly solidifies more and more um, why I have this faith. Um, And then uh, the, the final realization for me was that no matter what I major in, my vocation is to go to heaven. And so it's not like you can major in going to heaven. (laughs) Um, And yeah, Um, I want to be a father and hopefully I will be in several years. Um, That's another thing like, you know, (laughs) I, you, you want to choose something for your degree that at least can pay the bills, <laughs> which is, yeah. you know, um, but also like that is more important than what your degree is in. I mean, I could care less what my degree is in if I can raise my kids well. Um, and so like, I guess kind of thinking more and more on it, I realized that for me, studying the world studying like the way things are being able to create like build and create things um was in fact like a great way for me to come in contact with god um but also a realization that whatever i am majoring in in college is either second or third down the line of what's most important you know it, it i mean most important it's probably like 10th down the line on what's most important um 
and it does matter what I choose um, because I want it to lead me to those things that are most important um, but it isn't the end goal yeah and I could tell like just in hearing you talk like how much you love learning and like yeah finding just like discovering what things mean and why they they mean that like going beyond just like okay here's like a vocab term and definition like you want to know the the reason why do you like how has that curiosity benefited your faith life like have you had moments where like your curiosity has led you to maybe like a truth about god that you wouldn't have found otherwise um yeah i mean my initial answer is definitely yes um i guess so you said has there been a a moment where like that curiosity has led me more towards god than i would have been otherwise yeah or like a moment of realization over something maybe um well one of the things that i really love is the stars (laughs) i mean they they are amazing um i've been lucky enough to see them with almost no light pollution you know just sprawling across the sky Mm. um and learning about some of the stuff like that it's just so it's so eye-opening that like it all works um i think there's a there's an albert einstein quote where he says the most incomprehensible thing about the universe is that the universe is comprehensible like if you think about it why like why why does our lung have to work right like you know, how does all these little, like, our heart valves, why does it make sense that they work right? Why does it make sense that the, the earth orbits the sun so perfectly that it doesn't collapse into the sun, you know? And we kind of take it for granted because that's the world we live in, but why is it like that? <laughs> so the more and more that I'm, like, studying and really going more in depth into these things, um, learning, like, mathematics behind stuff, um, how physical phenomena work, working with and building parts, even. Um, it's just more and more of an eye-opener that, like, like, it doesn't make sense why all these things work unless <laughs> there's a plan, you know. Um, and I think that I didn't really have a full grasp of that until coming here and really, like, I guess letting my curiosity flourish Um, because in high school I studied tons of things that I loved Um, but here it's like a choice Um, a choice to search down search out the truth Um, and so yeah I get does that answer your question in some degree or sure (laughs) i mean and in college too it's like it is your choice because now all of a sudden you have like this free time that like it's important to go beyond just what you're studying like if you only learn the thing that you're majoring in i feel like that's wasted time because there's like so much to learn about and just looking at the world around us like when you start thinking of it in different things and like being grateful for so many things i think too like, all of a sudden, you're, like, in perspective, like, wow, like, I'm in a world that, like, God created everything here, and yeah. it's really humbling, too, like, wow, like, he made all of this, and, like, I'm here, too, and I get to take part and see all this, or I even saw, 
um, a video the other day of this girl who was pregnant and she was like, I'm growing a brain in, like, in me right now. And I was like, what? Like, that's, <laughs> like thinking about, like, the intentionality that God, like, put all this together, that it works in the way that it does. And, like, we have all of this around us. Like, it's, in, it's just incredible. Yeah. Like, we yeah. get to... We get to know God through what's around us and observing that. And if you stop being curious about it, like you stop almost like loving God in that way because he gave us this world so we could love him through it. Yeah, yeah. I mean, like I said, I think the world points to a creator, points to something behind it. And curiosity, I mean, it's partially given to us so that we can search out the clues that lead to the answer, uh, I think. Yeah. Do you have any parting advice before the podcast episode ends to all of our listeners out there about anything, anything about faith? If you could say one thing. I could say one thing. <laughs> well, you should have told me you are going to ask me this question. <laughs> it gave you time to think about it. Yeah. Um... I would say I would say do do what you love um, follow what you love um, because it's very hard to truly love things that are bad <laughs> and so usually following what you love will either give you two things it will a um, allow you to realize that you don't actually love that thing or leads you to Christ um, so especially in like my conversion like I went down so many roads before I came down this one and you will never you will never find the right road if you don't hit some dead ends first mm-hmm. <laughs> um, and the only way to know if roads are dead ends is if you go down them and I think waiting and saying I can do that tomorrow Waiting and saying, I have the rest of my life to live is a mistake. Um, because you might not. <laughs> um, which is kind of sad, but also, like, true. And um, I think that, uh, yeah, I think that if you really, if you devote time to the search, you will find yourself much happier than if you sit and wait and wait for a like something to come around that will lead you in the right direction or b just because you're scared to go um yeah i think that would be my advice yeah i very much agree with that especially because like so often we think like we don't have to take care of those things until we're older and like pursuing a relationship with god is like something that will make sense when we're older but It won't make sense until we start trying to make sense of it. And that can happen at any point in our life. And, I mean, we're here at Benedictine proving that, like, we're young people of faith who found God, like, very fortunately earlier on in life than some people do. But everyone is offered that invitation at, like, any time in our life. And it doesn't take, you know, graduating from college or a certain degree or something like that to realize that God is there the entire time. And it's just us taking the steps to actually get to know him and, you know, 
follow what you love and God is love. So you'll find him Yeah. Um, and searching the true good and beautiful to get there. Yeah. I would say also love is so hugely in part action. I mean, we need to act. We need to move forward. Um, God says, or Jesus says, be hot or cold, don't be lukewarm. Uh, I think it's a huge mistake to just sit and wait, like you're saying. Yeah, yeah. All right, well, thank you so much for coming on the podcast today. Yeah, you're welcome.